the animation in this movie is like really the storytelling medium. But the screenplay is by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. They are also the writers of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> and the Lego and Jump Street franchises, which uh, Jump Street franchise, very random. But Lego kind of like makes sense to me in the um, feel that this movie has, like the personality of this movie. Mm-hmm. However, they are most known for this movie now because it's such a big deal. fam welcome to another episode of the b critics podcast in this episode we are talking about a gem of a movie that i somehow managed to avoid for the last five years which is kind of insane insane (laughs) this movie changed the animation game like forever and it also is just an amazing story for young adults to have to look up to Yes, very fitting that it's the first animated movie that we are talking about on the Mm -hmm. podcast because today we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. One of Court's faves. (laughs) I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. (laughs) Okay, well, if you are like Liz and you live under a rock, here is the story of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So Miles Morales is just a normal high school kid recently sent to a new magnet boarding school by his expectation-filled parents. In a moment of rebellion, he sneaks off to hang with his uncle Aaron and throw up some great expectations graffiti on the walls of the subway, only to be bit by a radioactive spider while he's down there. Okay, I know what you might be thinking. Oh, I've heard this story before. Radioactive spider sticks to things. Web's randomly shooting out of hand, starts to fight crime. Uncle dies. Green Goblin, yada, yada. Except this isn't quite that story. It's a unique twist combining the origin stories of several Spider-Verse heroes in a multi-universe way, all of them unexpectedly thrown into Miles' version of NYC. And Miles is the only one who can save the city and send them all home. It'll take a leap of faith, though. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> what a lovely discussion we're going to have. Okay, so this movie came out in 2018, December of 2018, mm-hmm. and it's an hour and 57 minutes long, which is very long for the amount of animation that we have in this movie. And it had a $90 million budget. Also incredible about what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it box office $384 million. Respectable. Very respectable. But but it's not the highest grossing Spider-Man movie, which is kind of insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure one of the newer Marvel ones is with Tom Holland. Actually, this one's like one of the lowest. The original Spider-Man movies did way better than this one, which is shocking. I'm shocked. Well, this one won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film in 2018, which it at the time it was crazy because I'm pretty sure it was like the first movie since like 2006 that wasn't like a Pixar or like a Disney movie to mm-hmm. win the award. Um, this one was actually distributed, produced and distributed by Sony, like Columbia and Sony. Mm-hmm. So different. And – it was directed by three guys. We've got Bob Persichetti, Peter Ramsey, Rodney Rothman. Um, we need to mention, especially in this one, the VFX visual effects supervisor, Danny Dimian. All of them fabulous. We'll talk about um, the people that created the movie later. And then this movie in my opinion, has one of the best movie soundtracks literally ever made. We got the gem that is Sunflower by Post Malone because of this movie. I had no idea that that song came from this movie. Like it was made for this movie. I had no idea. I just liked that song. And And 
I love that it's like not just like a credit song. Like for example, like the Olivia Rodrigo song in yeah. the new Hunger Games movie is just a credit song. But in this movie, it's like the thread of the movie. Like it's Miles's like comfort song. I know. It's so cute. He like puts his little headphones on and he's like – I especially like the scene when they're <laughs> in Alchemex and Peter B. Parker's like, like relax. Like what do you do to relax? And he and just starts, starts like singing. singing it to himself. <laughs> It and is really like slowly unsticking. <laughs> I think like the way that they did that really captured like a teenager at the time mm-hmm. that this movie came out like very, very well. Yeah. And I think it, they it took relatable. a lot from Shamik Moore and like the way he was portraying like as he was doing his voiceovers, like the way his body moved and the way he acted. I think they took a lot from that. And you can tell like Miles moves like a real kid does like a real teenager it's really cool I was impressed and I think that they also did a lot of that with like machine learning too like they built in Mm -hmm. line structures to Miles's face and then they had like a computer program basically like learn like these are the norms of Miles and like what Mm -hmm. makes him him so yeah I saw too um for Miles's character specifically they took a lot of inspiration from Donald Glover he, oh yeah! In community, he one of the in one of the episodes, he wears like a Spider Man PJ set, and they're like, "That's it. That's what our Spider Man needs to look like." Yeah, and he and wears like essentially it. like a Spider Man PJ set, like half of the movie. <laughs> yes. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've already mentioned Shamik Moore is Miles Morales, our main character throughout this movie, mm-hmm. who incredible like couldn't have been <laughs> cast any better in my yeah, personal he's amazing. opinion and then we have jake johnson who plays peter b parker and you know who jake johnson is right no oh my god the guy from new girl he plays i don't have a new, new girl, girl. <gasps> i'm sorry hell sorry. oh my god okay well he's funny <laughs> in that show and um, Haley Steinfeld is Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. I She's do know great. who that is. <laughs> I like her voice. Yep. Um, I don't know who this is, but Mahershala Ali is Uncle Aaron. And then Lily Tomlin is Aunt May. Zoe mm-hmm. Kravitz is MJ. And we have John Mulaney as Spider-Ham. Immediately noticeable. Like, oh, yeah. recognizable upon opening Spider-Ham's mouth. I was like, oh, that's John Mulaney. <laughs> yep. And the comedy that goes with Spider-Ham like could only be executed by somebody like that. Yeah. Like uh, it gets better in the next movie. It's so good. It's so good. So this was John Mulaney's film debut. He'd never been in a movie before. That's cool. And they told him, they like kind of gave him free reign. They're like, improvise, like whatever. And so if you know John Mulaney, you know, he's like pretty raunchy and he uses a lot of foul language. Mm-hmm. And so he was just doing that, like as they were like recording, and they had to, they ended up having to cut a lot of it out because it, they didn't tell him until later that this was going to be rated like PG. And so he was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> let me just ruin your movie real quick." <laughs> That's okay. Uh, they had such like attention to detail and everything. They were probably just like, "We'll let him go. Like, we'll find some some bit of this. We'll be able that's, to like, clip it good together. audio." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Nick Cage was Spider-Man Noir. Also, you have like a soft spot in your heart for him. I don't know why. No, I don't. But I just, I, (laughs) I like that he's black and white. It's cool. It is And then Catherine Hahn is Doc Ock and Chris Pine is like the original Peter Parker. Which like he's in the movie for like two seconds and it's Chris Pine. But he was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that they made Doc Ock a woman. I think that's so perfect because, mm-hmm. like, it makes sense for Doc Ock's character, like, such a conniving person. Like, it was probably a woman anyways. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, I, <laughs> I like the character choices that they have for everything. Even that, mm-hmm. like, Miles is, like, a black Hispanic person mm-hmm. that they have Gwen Stacy as, like, a really main character that they yeah. kept, like, Peter Parker as a thread, but they gave him, like, multiple <laughs> personalities, <laughs> options. <laughs> Um, that they brought in like the manga influence with Penny Parker, mm-hmm. like all yep. of it was just incredible choices by yeah. the um, production team and the writers. And I think it it is kind of like what makes this movie feel special. Yeah, it's super fun. And they 
did a really good job bringing them all together and not making it like, oh, here's the five separate Spider-Men. It was like, all right, like here's the five separate Spider-People, but they're all like, they're all the same, but they're all mm-hmm. different, but they're all the same. I don't know. It was very cool. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's awesome. All right. So before we move too far into the movie, we're going to take a second, just a quick little break to say thank you so much for tuning into our Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse episode. We wouldn't be doing these episodes without you guys. And we're so, so glad that you choose to tune in every single week. Yes. Thank you guys so much. If you are loving what you are listening to, the best way that you can thank us is by sharing the pod with a friend and telling them that our episodes come out every Monday and every that they Monday. should check it out. <laughs> and if you are listening, you should subscribe and follow on the platform of your choice so that you don't miss every episode when they come out. Sometimes mm-hmm. we r- drop random episodes. We put all kinds of content out there. Um, definitely leave ratings and reviews and interact with us on our socials. Yes, and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Be Critics Podcast. We've got lots of fun content, and you can just see what we're up to. We post personal stuff, which is fun too. <laughs> yes, and check out our new partner, Reload. Mm-hmm. So the Reload app is this brand new app. It's completely free, and you can go on there. You can create an account, and you can find recommendations for movies to stream Find what your friends are listening or watching, what we're watching. So like all your favorite creators, um, connect with people that love movies. And they have some really cool new things coming out that we'll talk about soon. But if you're interested, you should definitely check it out and you should use our code to sign up. Yes. So we will link down in our episode description where you can go to download the app. You can get it on the App Store or in the Google Play Store. Um, But download the app and use our code when you sign up. Our code is BCRIT. It's B-C-R-I-T. So B as in, boy, do we love Spider-Man. C as in Courtney. (laughs) R as in race against time. I as in into the Spider-Verse. And T as in the Prowler. Okay. I think it's time to get back into the episode. Let's do it. Okay. So we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) And I think the obvious place to start is with the animation of this movie Mm -hmm. because it it like you mentioned it changed animation going forward and when you watch it at least me personally like i was just like in awe the whole time watching it so the vfx supervisor i already mentioned danny dimian um he previously had done cloudy with a chance of meatballs and hotel transylvania i don't know why we're always talking about cloudy with a chance of meatballs i think it's a sign <laughs> i think we got to work it into our schedule some way <laughs> maybe maybe it's a gem And then the screenplay, which I think like the screenplay and the animation kind of go hand in hand because the animation in this movie is like really the storytelling medium. But the screenplay is by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. They are also the writers of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. (laughs) And the Lego and Jump Street franchises, which uh, Jump Street franchise, very random. But Lego kind of like makes sense to me in the um, feel that this movie has, like the personality of this movie. Mm -hmm. However, they are most known for this movie now because it's such a big deal. (laughs) And then one thing I want to mention too is that there were 177 animators on staff Mm -hmm. at one point of this movie, which is more than twice normal numbers for like an animated movie. So this was like a huge, huge feat of animation. Yeah. I So one of the big draws, or not draws, but like inspirations that they had was comic books, obviously. I mean, Spider-Man's a comic. And I grew up with comic books. We've talked about it before. My dad was like a major nerd, D&D, comic books, all the things. And so I inherited all of that at a young age. And mm-hmm. I saw all of the inspiration from – the way that they like imitated the offset printing imperfections, like as it's going through, you see like the how the outlines kind of like offset from the coloring that happens a lot in comic books. You see whenever like they hit somebody, you see like pow <laughs> or like boom yeah. or like whatever happened or if like he's like jumping on the walls or whatever, you see the little like pit, 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 like whatever. It's, it's just really cool. They did a really good job with it. And I like I can't imagine how – 
long that must have taken them and how like creative these minds are that were putting this all together is just insane. Yeah, insane. the stats are crazy. You should look them up. It took them like a week to make like us like 10 seconds of animation. Like I'm not even mm-hmm. making that number up. It's crazy. But you're exactly right. The like comic book inspiration <laughs> is very, very huge in this movie. And Phil Lord said that you should be able to like pause the movie at any time and it should look like a comic book still. And there's even moments in the movie where they have like hand-drawn images that pop up to replace the animation with the shot. They're called like pop frames and they're just like hand-drawn images. So like when um, Miles is running from the prowler through the city there's like a shot where he like goes and like kind of hits a car and then it like while he's doing that it just like randomly for like a frame or two it is this like sketched version of the shot like a pop frame but they have a number uh, yeah it's super cool they have a number of comic book elements i'm gonna like name a few you mentioned a few Mm -hmm. um so one that is like a huge inspiration throughout the film is the Kirby dots or the Kirby crackle. And so there was this comic book illustrator, Kirby, who made this effect. And so you can see it in comic books and it's used to show like a pulse of energy. And so you see that in this movie whenever they're referencing the um, collider, like the pulse of energy from Mm. the collider. Yeah. And so you'll see it in like especially like the final fight scene, like a ton, like all these dots that are just like coming out of the ground or like around Miles and all the other spider characters. Okay. So next is the line hatching and etching. So that was like a sketching technique in comic books to create shading so like literally like to make the lines and -hmm. so what they would do is they would take like the 3d characters in their animation and then they would just like add like etching or like hatching lines lines to like make them look more drawn Mm -hmm. and then they also used like 3d 2d manipulation so they overlaid two-dimensional lines on 3D frames and they utilized automation and like machine learning to do this. So like for example, um, I'm looking at a shot here and it's Miles like jumping out like in the final battle scene but they have like two-dimensional lines like surrounding him to like make Mm -hmm. him look like 3D like popping out of the screen. So it's kind of like an effect that you would use in a comic book because it's literally mm-hmm. a piece of paper as opposed to like yeah. in an animated movie. With the red and blue like overlay. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. You're yeah. not even looking at it and it's exactly what it is. <laughs> and then one that you mentioned is the onomatopoeia. So like the words that will literally like – like he's like falling and it's like ah. Like goes on the <laughs> like, screen with him. During the like the big scene, the like main scene of the movie and he like – He's like doing the free fall and then he like shoots his web up and then he starts like swinging. He's like, woo! And it's just like yeah. the entire screen is woo. <laughs> yeah. Or it's literally like the word like crash or screech. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> or like, like cut <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. Love that. It, oh, so many like little moments like that. Um, and then they had influences, obviously, from other animation styles. So, like, mm-hmm. Miles is the main thread of animation style, but all the other spider characters have a different animation style. So, Penny has a lot of manga inspiration. And I saw they pulled direct inspiration from Sailor Moon. Which, oh, that's cool. Like, as soon as I saw her, like, that's the first thing I thought of because I was a big Sailor Moon, like, watcher. I watched Sailor Moon a lot. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if they, like, used some Sailor Moon inspiration here. And they definitely did, which is really cool. I like that. And one thing I like about it, too, is that it's not just her animation. They pull it into the way she's written as a character, too. Like, she's overly emotional and, like, big with the way she expresses the way she's feeling and she cries. And I just – that is, like, so manga anime to me. I love it. Mm -hmm. And she has her little, like, pet robot. (laughs) Yeah. So she's the only character that doesn't actually have Spider-Man powers. Mm -hmm. So instead of having, like, webs that she can shoot out of her hands, she has, like, telekinesis with her spider 
and then her spider controls this robot that her dad made for her. Mm. And I know, and then it gets destroyed, and it's very sad. But she gets to keep her spider, so yeah, that's all. That's important. They can make another another robot in year um, thirty, whatever, whatever year she came from. 30, yeah, whatever. Uh, obviously, <laughs> we have Spider Ham that's like very two D and very very cartoonish. He gives Porky Pig vibes. Uh, I like the moment when he says. <laughs> That's, That's all, all folks. folks. And then Peter B. Parker's like, "Can you even say that? Are like, you allowed legally? to say that?" <laughs> <laughs> so did it. <laughs> and then Spider Man Noir is black and white completely, mm-hmm. and he's like a a detective Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like him. And I think he was actually one of the more challenging elements for the creators in the animation. Well, he's so two dimensional. Yeah, so two-dimensional, so black. And I think just the black and whiteness of him was challenging to, like, maintain the same shadows and stuff that they Mm -hmm. had. And, like, there's a scene where all of the spiders are in Miles' room and then his roommate walks in. And so they all, like, jump up onto the (laughs) ceiling and they're, like, moving around so that he doesn't see him. And I was watching this video where the animator said that that was, like – quite potentially one of the most challenging scenes in the whole movie because Spider-Man Noir was so like different animation wise than the mm-hmm. other characters. Yeah, that's interesting. Mhm. Okay, so probably the coolest thing about this movie though is something really neat that they did with Miles specifically and throughout the whole movie. And it's this like old school animation style where they mess with the frame rate mm-hmm. and they animated on twos. So most animation is done nowadays is done with like the 24 frames per second. And like that's how we do like this and this video too, 24 frames per second so that it mm-hmm. looks like a fluid video. And that's called being animated on ones. And so what that means is that you literally have like 24 frames for every like stills for every single second of sh- of footage to make it look like very fluid. It's like the closest to real life motion. Yes, yeah. But what they would do is they would purposefully make Miles's animation stepped on twos. So they would have his stills hold for two frames instead of one frame. Mm-hmm. So he would kind of look like crunchy he's I guess. in slow motion like he didn't know yeah. what he was doing and exactly was, like, awkward <laughs> so the best moment where you can see this if you want to like go back and watch it is mm-hmm. there's the scene where they're leaving alchemex it's um miles and peter b parker and he's and learning holding... how to swing for the first time yeah he's learning yeah. how to swing for the first time and they're holding the computer and so they're mm-hmm. swinging through the trees and so they animate it where peter b parker is animated on ones So 24 Mm -hmm. frames per second and Miles is animated on twos. And so the effect that you have is that Miles looks like really clumsy and crunchy next to Peter B. Parker. And then like as they – as Peter teaches Miles how to swing, they both kind of like sync up together and animate Mm -hmm. on ones. And I think it's so cool because (laughs) like they – it's so challenging because the background and like the camera frame – is animated on ones and so it's more fluid so like miles because he was animated on twos would like get out of sync so they had to do like all these funky things to make Mm -hmm. it so that everything was cohesive interesting Mm -hmm. and then the last thing i'll talk about is that they did not use motion blur which is a very common technique used in cg today so Mm -hmm. instead and you already mentioned this they used the like smear technique which is a really common like old cartoon technique and like when you see this what it looks like is like when a character for example when a character's arm is like moving you'll see like multiple arms in a shot because it's supposed to meant like this the images are sort of like smearing together Mm -hmm. yeah and it it kind of made it look more like an old cartoon or a comic book than like the crisp 3D animation that we see mm-hmm. typically today. Yeah, because that's how they would have drawn it in a comic book. They 
to show the motion they would have just shown like and it's kind of like um translucent like the other parts so you'd have like the arm up here and the arm down here and then everything in between is like translucent but you can still see it and so it's like showing that the arm is moving yeah literally really like cool. smeared or like blurred like yeah or not blurred but i i just it's so cool mm-hmm. okay so i think that's everything i have about the animation, animation. yeah but just in general I really liked the incorporation of all the elements in this movie. So we've got the animation. We've got, in my opinion, an incredible story. Mm -hmm. And even though it's based on, you know, the Spider-Man story, which we've seen a thousand times and there's a million Spider-Man movies. Yeah. This one to me does actually feel very original. Yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, the way that they wrote, his character in and they went so far as to make it very obvious that miles is in a different dimension than you're in so Mm -hmm. things are named incorrectly like there when he's in Times square you see a billboard for snapchat but it's called (laughs) peekaboo and like there's a a big poster for Shaun of the dead but it's called from dusk till Shaun. So it's just like little things like that. So you can tell that he's not in your dimension, which I I think is important for subsequent movies. But I do like that just in general, the Spider-Man story is set in a real city, like that it's in New York City because it makes Mm -hmm. it like relatable, you know? Yeah. Yes. 100% agree. I like the incorporation of all the different origin stories. Like Mm -hmm. we got that repeated thread over and over because I think that that is what makes a Spider-Man movie a Spider-Man movie is the Mm -hmm. origin story feel. And I think that was like a really important element in this one. Yeah. And then I also really liked the comedy of this movie. I thought it was very funny. funny. Yeah, I agree. It had like silly moments, like silly comedy where you're like, ha ha. But then it also had like legitimate comedy where you like couldn't hold in your laugh. You're like, oh my God. (laughs) Like one silly moment is at the end when Miles is defeating Kingpin and he like puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, hey, like that's <laughs> silly, right? Yes. Like that's like a callback. But like the rest of Kingpin's like, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. But like the moment we already mentioned where John Mulaney is like, it's like, that's all folks. And they're like, can he even say that? Like, <laughs> that's funny. Like that's yes. comedy that like, like. I just I like when movies, even though they're geared towards kids, the comedy is not like only for kids. Like mm-hmm. I find this movie funny and yeah. like watch it again and again and find it funny every single time. I think kids too find it funny though. And yeah. just in a different way, because they don't understand. Like they probably have never seen Porky Pig. Like they've never seen Looney Tunes. But like they would think it's funny just because they're like, haha, he's calling it out. Like whatever. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, and that's like (laughs) the Porky Pig thing is just like straight violence, like super Smash Bros (laughs) level. Like I'm just going to (laughs) hammer. You know what I mean? It gives him the hammer at the end. He's like, here, it'll fit in your pocket. And he's like, no, (laughs) bold. That's so silly. Oh, my God. And like just the way that they – use the animation to drive the writing for each character mm-hmm. and like how every character was like sort of silly like just the invention of like peter b parker as a concept like the spider like they to have calling the- him chunky they're like oh you put on some weight <laughs> <laughs> yeah like to have the spider-man that like at the very beginning like they show like the perfect, perfect. spider-man blonde hair like all the things yeah so the movie opens with with peter parker's origin story like what you mm-hmm. expect but then, like, later it's contrasted with Peter B. Parker, who's, like, divorced, chunky, old, gray, divorced, <laughs> loses more battles than he wins. Yes, yes. Yeah. But he ends up being, like, one of the most important parts of the movie, which I think is really great. Oh, I love it. And I know you don't care, but I love that he's Jake Johnson because that voice is amazing. Yeah, all the voices were great. Sometimes, and this is just me being like nitpicky because this is how I am, but like with an animated movie, sometimes if the voice doesn't match up with the character, you get out of it a little bit where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, like this is not. But I didn't have any of those moments. Like they did a really good job. Not only like picking the right voice actors for each of the characters, but then also making sure that it meshed. So like with 
the noir Spider-Man. Like he kind of looked a little bit like Nick Cage. Yeah. And like the Miles Morales character looks like his voice actor. Like they did a good job not saying like this is what our character looks like. Like we're going to make these work. They did a good job like bringing the two together, which I really appreciate. Totally agree. And I think that you're exactly right. Like they had to have taken inspiration directly from the actors in their Mm -hmm. animation, in the way that they built the machine learning of those characters. Like, I mean, their facial expressions, like feel like the way that those actors would have acted. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to call out, I'm going to call them out a little bit, but I think that's one thing that Disney misses a lot in their animated movies is making sure that their characters are like realistic and moving the right way. Mm-hmm. Just I'm yeah. just, just putting that out there. <laughs> I mean, before I we start talking about like the movie movie, I do want to just like recommend because I don't think you've seen it and I don't think a lot of people have seen it just because of the timing of when it came out. But if you liked this movie, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is like very similar. The animation hmm. style is like looks like the 2D, 3D drawings. The soundtrack is really similar. It's just like the vibes. It's got all the vibes. So if you really like this one, you definitely need to go check that one out too. Yeah, I've heard that one is like not an underdog, but like it wouldn't be that surprising if it like came in at the Oscars as like a mm-hmm. potential nominee. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so we already mentioned that the movie opens with Peter Parker's origin story, but then we flip to Miles, who is just a teenager struggling to live up to his dad's expectations. Mm -hmm. And we open up with the scene where Miles is in his room listening to the Sunflower song, and Mm -hmm. then he like goes to school and everything. Yeah. Which that scene was actually the last one that they animated. Really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I yep. guess it makes sense that they would do it like that. I well, And really... the song wasn't ready yet. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, I really liked that they made Miles a graffiti artist. I thought oh, that yeah. was really modern. And like, especially for 2018, that would have felt like a little taboo, but it's like, would have been like a cool thing to do. It wouldn't have been like, oh, I can't believe he's doing graffiti. Like it was very with the times. It was, that's very, very cool. I like 100%. That. I think like 2018 to present is like the time when we're starting to realize that people can be artistic or like have different hobbies and interests and that's still like cool and okay. Mm-hmm. But they also did it in a way to show that like he very much still wants to like fit in at school. Like he's mm-hmm. very nervous about like, people like thinking about him some sort of way like laughing at him yeah Yeah. I liked too I felt a little bit like we were part of the movie because he kept slapping his stickers on everything and we do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like yeah I like the scene when he goes (laughs) to school too and his dad like picks him up on the way and then (laughs) he drops him off and then he's like I love you Miles and like Miles walks away and then he stops and he's like Miles, tell me you love me. (laughs) And like in front of everybody. Everyone. My parents would have done that. Like if my dad had a like PA system on his car. mm, mm, mm. No, my parents would have never done that. But I would have come home from school and it would have been like nothing had changed between the drop off and the moment I arrived home. Like it would like I would get back in the car and they would be like, aren't you going to say I love you back? And I'd be like, that was eight hours ago. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yep. Um, So then he heads off to hang with Uncle Aaron in like a little bit of rebellion and Mm -hmm. he makes some great expectations, which is the book that they're reading in school, Mm -hmm. graffiti uh, when Uncle Aaron like takes him underneath to this like hidden part of the subway system. Mm -hmm. And then he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah. As soon as we saw the spider, I was like, that's the one. This is the moment. He's going to yeah. turn into Spider-Man. <laughs> and they make it so dramatic. Like the spider's coming down. Like the whole crawls around on him scene, for a while. Like, all around. <laughs> and then it bites him. And then he's just like, like flicks yeah, it flicks off. Flicks it off. He's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, <it's> <laughs> but and 
also there's like a little animation bit too when that first happens where they like go through like his blood system you know Mm. do you remember that where like it goes through like like the cells (laughs) in his body and kind of like shows like the whatever the spider injected in him like going through his system oh interesting it's a very cool it's a very like quick bit of animation but it's very random and cool and like Mm -hmm. something that like they didn't have to add that but the fact that these animators made it and they had such an attention to detail like they had to add it because it's cool and yeah well and all the other ones have that have that moment where it's like everything's changing and they show it in some visual way like had to yeah they had to or it wouldn't have been a spider-man origin story it's so cool though we'll talk about some things that like you could only do with an animated version of this movie. The live action versions could never achieve some of the things. And that's one of them, right? Mm -hmm. Showing an animated version of the inside of your bloodstream is something that would be challenging or unrealistic or take you out of the movie if it was a live action version. But in animation, you can do like whatever you want to, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So then – we go back to school and we've already met Spider Gwen at this point. So he Gwanda. Gwan. Yeah, Gwanda. <laughs> he met her earlier in school. Well, he didn't meet her name yet, but no. then he meets her here. And this is after Uncle Aaron's like, just go up to her and like put your hand on her hey. shoulder and say, Hey. And <laughs> so he does that. And this is when stuff starts to get weird. And his hand (laughs) sticks to Gwen, Stacy. Mm -hmm. He gets in her hair and she's – you can tell she's like, okay, this kid's a spider. Yeah. And she's like, just relax, just relax. Yeah. And he starts creating a scene and then (laughs) – had to shave her head. (laughs) They end up in the school nurse and had to shave her. Can you imagine? Like, what was the explanation? He was like, I don't know, my hand's sticky. And they, were, yeah. they weren't like, let's use like hot water or let's use like rubbing alcohol. They were like, no, nah, we're just going to shave the whole head. Well, well, the reason is because he was like, hold on, just I'm going to count to three and then I'm going to pull really hard. And she's like, no, That's a don't bad idea. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and then they cut to her getting her head shaved. So I think he like what they didn't show is he like ripped his head off his hand off her head oh, no. and then it ripped her hair out so they had to shave it because it was That's like half ripped out. That's awful. And I love too that they kept her shaved haircut throughout the rest of the movie. Well yeah it, it takes place over like a week. <laughs> I know but it's just like it's funny. It's ba- a detail. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So okay. So that's happening. Stuff is getting weird. Gwen deaf knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So Miles is like, what the heck is happening? So he returns to the subway station where he got bit. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he finds the collider and just like under the subway, which kind of makes sense, right? That's how like the radioactive spider got him. Mm-hmm. And he witnesses Kingpin, this like giant man, literally huge literally massive (laughs) and like randomly has like super strength Uh, (laughs) and witnesses him kill peter parker like with just like a hit like one blow peter parker's dead i mean it looked pretty believable he like smashed (laughs) his head in so Peter, with his, like, dying breath, gives Miles the USB flash drive to, like, destroy the collider. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then Miles takes that with him. And, uh, yeah. I don't think there's anything else about that scene other yeah. than Peter Parker Well, dies. at this point, this is when Miles decides he's going to go and buy a spider suit. Oh, yeah. So we get the whole, like, <laughs> standard sequence of, like, yeah. Spider-Man realizing that he's Spider-Man. Uh-huh. And I like, too, that, like, in this one, like, they bring so many direct references to the comics because, like, every spider... He literally reads the comic. Yeah, he reads the comics <laughs> and it's literally, like, gets bit by a spider, starts sticking to things it's and like, can't stick. And he's like, that's happening to me. Like, I can't unstick yeah. from things. And he's, like, ripping the pages of the comic out as he's reading them because he's stuck to them. <laughs> yep, yep. So he goes to the store and buys the spider mm-hmm. suit. And that's where we get, like, the 
true cameo of Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Which there's actually multiple cameos of Stan Lee in yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. There's one. The only one I know of is like there's one where he's like in the subway in New York as like the subway train like goes by really fast. But I'm mm-hmm. sure he's in other moments. Yeah. So I what I saw online like in an article was that all of the animators were really excited about having Stan Lee in the movie. And so Mm -hmm. like a lot of them, like a number of them wanted to animate him. And so they let each of them animate him and and put him in different places. So he's like almost every train you see, Stan Lee is sitting in the train. That's cool. And when um, Miles and his uncle are like on the ground, like in the middle of the road. Do you remember that scene? Yes. Stan Lee like walks past them and there's just like a bunch of scenes that he's in and I'm really glad they did that because this ended up being Stan Lee's like last thing he ever got to do and so it's really nice that they have that for like his what's the word I'm looking for lasting yeah yeah Yeah, legacy I was gonna say like this has to be the last thing that he cameoed in because he Mm -hmm. he passed away in November of 2018 like a month before it came out I know but at least he got to be in it that's so special and he got to like be a part of it and all that stuff which is really great I love that I love that he's been like so involved in all of the portrayals of his comics like like who else has gotten to do everything that he's gotten to do it's kind of crazy he's a legend Definitely a legend. Rip Stanley, thank you for giving us Spider-Man. We appreciate you. Forget the rest of them. We only care about (laughs) Spider-Man. I mean, we have very well established on this podcast (laughs) that we're not Marvel people. We're not superhero people. Mm -hmm. However, there's a few exceptions to that rule. Mm -hmm. I personally am obsessed with Spider-Man. Obsessed. Spider-Man. He's great. Yes. And then I like uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. They're Mm -hmm. also good. Yeah. And I very randomly like Wonder Woman, but only the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway. So anyway. then we get the sequence. I'll just mention it very quickly where uh-huh. Miles is like trying to practice shooting off his webs just because I think it's so funny when he like goes up the stairwell and then he gets to the top and then it just is like going down the stairwell. Yeah, like he's like, no, 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 no. And then he like finds a shorter building and goes up that stairwell. And then he goes to jump off the building and he trips them. off of his shoelace, which is a stylistic choice that he has his shoes untied. The whole you movie. know that he literally the whole movie and they bring it up multiple times. And in the scene, like the iconic falling up scene, you can see his shoe untied in that scene. <laughs> yep, I'm sure. It's very funny. Very stylistic. It gives him like a childish aspect for sure. Yeah. Okay. So then after all of that, um, Miles eventually meets Peter B. Parker Mm -hmm. and we get his origin story, which is hilarious. We almost kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then Miles saves him. And (laughs) Peter B. Parker like reluctantly is like, I got to save this world, I guess, and go stop this collider. Give me that USB stick. And then he's like glitching out because he's like not from the right universe. Mm -hmm. And so they go to Alchemex together to re-download the USB because in Miles' training, he destroyed it. Mm -hmm. But they end up in a fight with our female Doc Ock. Mm -hmm. And Miles discovers he's invisible. He can be invisible and he can also shock people randomly, which is, I guess it makes sense with the collider. Yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, But I like that they're like trying to like figure out how he does it and they're like, just do it. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) That whole scene is funny how they're like remembering the, the, remembering the password, like, and okay. One thing I love about this scene is that it's very very classic Spider-Man. So one of the things about Spider-Man that I love is that he's funny. So like Mm -hmm. he'll be like in the middle of a fight scene and he'll just start like taunting his opponent Mm -hmm. in like a funny way. And that is very much this scene. Like Peter B. Parker is like chit-chatting Doc Ock. And meanwhile- (laughs) He's trying to flirt with her. He's like, let me work my magic. (laughs) Yeah, he's flirting with her. 
And then Miles is over there in the corner. Invisible like, with the invisible, computer. Like trying to type the password, <laughs> literally turning around the computer screen like, what's the last one? And Peter Parker's like, Octavia, Eight. you don't look a day over 35. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so then they like try to run out with the computer. You get the little mm-hmm. scene with like the bagel and they're like running through and um, oh, the bagel thing. When he throws the bagel and then it literally says bagel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get the like sound. You get bagel. Bagel. <laughs> so then they leave. You get the like swinging sequence through the trees that we already talked about with the uh-huh. different stepping of the animations. And um, eventually Spider-Gwen has to save them. Love Spider Gwen. I love that she has cutie little teal ballet slippers. Oh, I know. I'm obsessed. I with love her. her color. I like. I love that she's like bright. It's yes. like most of the spider. Well, not most of them. Red and black does not exactly blend in. But I feel like the white like specifically stands out, which oh, I, I really love. I think she's so cool. If y'all didn't know, I love Spider Gwen, and you probably can't tell, but behind me, I have a like I art that I got from like an artist of Spider Gwen. So beautiful. There Love she it. She is. She's so <laughs> cool. And this is her this is her like beginning, but if you love her, watch the next movie for sure cuz she <laughs> is the star of that one. She's very cool. Yes. So, then they all go to Aunt May's house and they find the rest of the spider characters in the Peter Parker's shed that's like basement layer. I like in Peter B. Parker's like, well, this is what does he say? This is fancy or this is pretentious or something about going in the like souped up shed where it like goes down the elevator well, into the. They go to like walk layer. up to the shed and he's like, oh, the Spidey shed. And it opens up and he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, this is way cooler than mine. Yeah. And yeah, so they meet. Spider-Man Noir, Penny Parker, and Mm Spider-Ham. And they all have this discussion where they're trying to decide Mm -hmm. if Miles is ready to, like, help them fight and, like, return home in the collider. And then Miles gets sad because he can't hone his powers and turn invisible on command. So he They also beat him up. Yeah, I do forget that they do that. They're like, They're can like, you handle it? The most hit? important thing is that you get right back up after. They just keep hitting him. And Peter B. Parker's like, well, I don't I don't know about this. <laughs> and then he just turns invisible and leaves. Poor And he's thing. sad. So he well. goes to Uncle Aaron's house. And he discovers that Uncle Aaron is actually the Prowler. That's terrifying. Terrifying. That's so scary. I know. So he runs back to Aunt May's house. Mm-hmm. And then Doc Ock and company follow him. And they're like, you weren't followed, were you? Of course he I was don't followed. Think so <laughs> that little scene in the house is cute too, because I like when Aunt Mays she goes, Can we just take this outside? outside? And then they and all then- have the fight inside and literally break out the wall of her home. Well, she like pushes one of them, the one she told to take it outside. She pushes him out and she's like, I told you to take it outside. Mm-hmm. Um So what I love about Aunt May, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but in all of the movies, Aunt May is played by an Oscar nominee. She Mm. is played by a big deal, and Lily Tomlin is an Oscar nominee. And so that's just like continuing the streak of Aunt May being played. Like Aunt May, this like – she's important, but she's also like – definitely a side character but they like have these amazing actresses portraying Mm -hmm. her it's incredible well i think it has to be an amazing actress because she plays peter parker's rock and so that's a really even though it's a side character that's a really important character to the story and to the Mm -hmm. arc of spider-man as a person and his emotions that he goes through Mm -hmm. in his origin story so I think What's it's really cool. sad about Peter B. Parker is that he's already lost Aunt May. I know. And which is probably part of his problem because she was the one that always like kept him from being an idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, like in the real story, does lose Aunt May and he's he's fine. He makes it. He defeats James Franco. Um <laughs> so then Doc Ock. And company, they're attacking. Mm-hmm. Kingpin kills Uncle Aaron. With a gun. 
That is so violent. I know. That's kind of shocking. What that is, is allowed in this movie. What is this movie rated, actually? Is I don't it PG? Know. I think it's PG-13. It has to be PG-13. It's, like, pretty violent. It's super violent. Let's see what it is. It is not listed on IMDb. PG. That's shocking. Because then he points the gun at Miles. I guess just because it's like animated and fake. Animated and like fake enough looking. I don't know. It's very sad. That makes me really sad. It is weird how the rating system evolves over time because like a movie that you know, they used to rate G. They definitely wouldn't rate G anymore because it has mm-hmm. violence in it. But this movie even, I feel like, has a lot of violence in it and they rated it PG. And I just wonder if, like, today, you know, only, like, six Five years later, six years later it's 2024, yeah. would – I know, crazy – would have the same rating or not. I don't know. I don't know. Beats me. <laughs> However – after Kingpin kills Uncle Aaron, the team escapes, but they leave Miles in his dorm room, and Miles is very sad, and then the team goes off to the collider. They don't just leave him. They trap him there, and they oh, yeah. kind of like set up this scene where they're like trying to figure out if he's ready, mm-hmm. and like they're all just standing there like watching him fail. That was really hard. That was hard. That was this really whole section rough. of the movie is – very emotional, in my very opinion. Emotional. Very well written because mm-hmm. it tugs at my heartstrings for sure. It's very real. Like this is that's like, like Miles's dad like coming to the door and like apologizing after losing Uncle Aaron and like kind of realizing like I don't want to lose you too kind of thing and like, like that's like very much I feel like something that probably happened in my childhood that like my dad would have like come to my door and be like I'm so sorry yeah. or whatever. I think that also makes this movie especially very 2018 because Mm -hmm. that was the time like right before COVID happened where people were starting to be like therapy is good, like expressing Mm -hmm. your emotions as a male or whoever you are in society is good. (laughs) And so they have this arc where Miles' dad goes from like being really hard on him to like finally learning how to express his feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's really sweet to watch Miles trapped and his mouth covered with web and he can't talk back to his dad. But to see that like he wants to say back in this moment, I love you too, dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to see that this inspires Miles and gives him – the strength he needs Mm -hmm. to then take his leap of faith in the next scene yeah i love when that scene's happening how you they replay his dad's speech that he did and it's just like he's getting like more and more confident and just i don't know i loved that i was like that's very powerful that's like a very cool thing that they did so that scene the scene that we're talking about (laughs) yes the music it's the song What's Up Danger. It's the mm-hmm. first track on the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. If it's kind of like rock and roll a little bit. It's, it's very cool. It's definitely like very hip hop too. It's like mm-hmm. um, it's a, an incredibly emotional buildup in a song too. And you're exactly right. Like in that scene, they ha- they call back to different parts of the movie and conversations that – Miles has, has and then like they reference I think when Peter B. Parker is like you got to take a leap of faith and then like, you how see will him. I know when I'm ready he's like you won't you just yeah. gotta do it <laughs> and then he jumps finally and uh-huh. what's really cool about this moment is in the animation it's like very off like all the dimensions are off so the buildings mm-hmm. are actually like 10 times the length of like a normal like New York City building like if and they're you colorful <laughs> if you like turned the actual scene and like showed what they were working with like it looks like ridiculous like it Incredible. looks like the little world <laughs> and then like the little like buildings that are coming off of it you know like super tall like a video game or something like from a circus <laughs> yeah um but that scene is amazing and anybody that I've talked to about this movie who I know loves this movie people we've had on this movie or on this podcast like 
Matt and Ross, like mm-hmm. I know that they loved this scene in particular too. And I think this whole moment in this movie is what makes it really special and combines like all the animation and the comedy and gives it like a truly emotional character arc mm-hmm. and climax to the story is so cool. And just to watch it play out where he like he makes his you watch him make his suit too and then it's black and you're like oh my god and spray painted yeah yeah, it's very him it's Mm -hmm. so cute this scene is the heart and soul of this movie it was in the script from the beginning so it's one of the only parts that wasn't changed from the script they knew that they wanted the scene and it was like the primary focus in all of their marketing campaigns. So if like it's on the poster and mm-hmm. like it's in all of the trailers, like this was a very important moment that they wanted to make sure was like at the front of everybody's mind when they're thinking about this movie. And they did a really good job with that. Yeah, you're so right. It is on like all the posters and the marketing Everything. material. Yeah. Everything. Oh. And it's pivotal. Like this is the moment where he like truly becomes Spider-Man. Mm, it is so good so then miles comes to the rescue at the collider they didn't we needed him but they did yes <laughs> and we get all the curvy dots and this crazy yep. scene where like the collider's happening and like all these new york cities are coming out and the animation is just wild mm-hmm. and then we see um doc ock get like hit by a bus <laughs> Katie Heron, it's coming back. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. Mean girls, we just did that one. And now we're talking about another villain that gets hit by a bus. Sorry, it wasn't Katie. It was Regina George, but they both get. Oh, yeah. No, Katie doesn't get hit by a bus. She doesn't <laughs> get hit by a bus. So she then Miles <laughs> sends all the spiders back to their respective universes. Mm-hmm. And it's just him versus Kingpin. And his dad is there. Also, I know his dad was responding to a um, disturbance complaint. <laughs> a disturbance. Listen, this is when his dad's opinion of Spider-Man changes. That's important because oh, yeah. that's, that's a really whole other thread for Miles. Because the whole time, like after he gets bitten and figures out he's Spider-Man, he asks his dad. Because remember, he runs home because he's like, I don't know what to do. And then he's like, Do you really like dis? Like you really hate Spider-Man? And that was like important for him and his confidence. So I feel like, I don't know. I love yeah. that scene. I love that his dad was there to see Spider-Man like take on this this bad guy and like do the right thing. Yeah, I agree. And then Miles throws Kingpin into the collider kill switch. <laughs> and Kingpin and his henchmen are all arrested. The literal largest human being. <laughs> He's so big. I, I get it. It's like part of the, the shtick. But he's huge. I so know. Big. I know. And so then, then we- Miles gets to have the conversation with his dad as Spider-Man. And he hugs him. And he says that he loves him. And then he walks away. I know. <laughs> it I sounds like it. what the fuck. That's very classic <laughs> Spider-Man too. Because I can remember from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans when he's like having conversations with people as Spider-Man. Like especially with like MJ. And she doesn't know that it's Peter Parker, but she kind of knows that it is in she like a kind weird of does, way. But he didn't really tell her. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing here. Miles's dad doesn't know that it's Miles, but it also, while his relationship with Spider Man changes, his relationship with Miles also changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I know. So then we end the movie with Miles's origin story because he's finally come into himself as Spider Man. You've heard this story before, <laughs> but you haven't. It's so I different. got bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> oh, and it's so cool how they start the movie mm-hmm. with, you know, perfect Peter Parker's story. And then they end it with Miles' story, who's not perfect. He's a kid. You know, he had all Messed these differences. Up along the way. And, yeah. <laughs> and it makes it so sweet and cute and wholesome that it ends that way and like not a cliche way it's yeah I enjoy it yeah it's very it's they did a really good job not making it too cheesy like it's just cheesy enough that you're like oh my god I love it but it's not to the point where you're like all right like let's move on I know I know I want to watch it again (laughs) I could watch this movie like this is one of those movies I could watch over and over again I love it 
yeah, I agree. When we do Across the Spider-Verse, which we're going to do this year, I'm probably going to do like a marathon and watch both of them back to back because I feel like you kind of have to. Yeah. you uh, Across the Spider-Verse, you could watch standalone, but it would make a lot more sense if you did know what happened in this movie as well. And it's just fun. Four hours fun. of movies. Why not? <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to mention about the movie before we rate it? I don't think so. I think that's I think that's everything. Yeah, we covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I talked very fast, so. <laughs> okay, Liz, would you like to rate the movie? As a reminder, we rate on Letterboxd with zero to five stars and half star increments. I gave this one five stars. <laughs> I am literally so honored that you think that it was because really good this is one of my favorite movies ever and I was gonna be so sad if you didn't <laughs> love it and you loved it I did I watched it all by myself I had a day off Hayden had to go to work and I was like I'm gonna watch this movie and I laid down and I watched it and I feel like it's one of the only times like recently I've watched a movie at home like not a movie at a theater where mm-hmm. I like wasn't on my phone I wasn't doing other things like I was just like glued into this movie oh and yeah it was really good and I loved it everything but- about it I mean we talked about it already but the animation style the soundtrack I'm in love with Miles Morales like he's just fantastic they did an amazing job and I'm glad that they're continuing it and we have a second one and we're gonna have a third one next year and yeah just a great movie, great story, and I'm glad that like the young people, I mean we're still young people, but the young people have these movies to watch because they're just fantastic. Oh yeah, agreed. And you're not going to believe this, but I honestly think that the second movie is better than this one. I believe that. I do believe crazy. it. crazy because I remember watching it and like my eyes were just glued to the screen it was I remember crazy. when you went to see it and you like told me about it afterwards and you're like Elizabeth it's and okay. I I still haven't watched it so. well we'll get your raw reaction <laughs> pod okay well if you haven't told been able to tell already I also <laughs> rated this movie five stars and we'll rate it five stars probably every time I watch it mm-hmm. yeah I loved it big rewatchability which I feel like is really important for you when you're rating movies so a hundred percent all right, so we have some write-ins. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> I am. And yeah, they're all good. So the first one I'm going with is from Never Ending Watchlist. And they said, incredible animation, great story building, and likable, realistic characters. Very unique overall. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the next one, Dan Loves Film, which I'm so glad he wrote this in because it goes along with everything that we said. We spent a lot of time talking about the animation, but mm-hmm. he said completely changed the game when it comes to animation. 100% agree. 100%. Yeah, I also 100% agree. <laughs> I feel like this has set so many bars for me with animated movies. Like I didn't yes. know a movie, an animated children's movie could be this good. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, Okay, well, I have expectations. (laughs) You better meet them. Mm -hmm. Great (laughs) expectations. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, The next two are just – they're, like, along the same line, so I'll just read them back to back. But Tom's movie Madness said absolutely, amazingly perfect. And then Film versus Film podcast, Martin said the best Spider-Man movie, period. I honestly would agree with that, Mm -hmm. which is – saying a lot because I feel like the original Spider-Mans with Tobey Maguire are a huge part of my childhood, but I think these movies have so much more rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's just modern. Like as mm-hmm. good as a Tobey Maguire movie is, like it's going to date. And these movies will date too, but for right now they're still like the best thing that we have. So, yeah. Oh, it is what so it bad. is. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the world. This has stellar reviews. Stellar. So the Letterboxd average, which I think this is a little bit lower than it should be, but it's got a 4.4 out of 5, which may be the highest highest we've had on here. I've never seen a Letterboxd average that high. That's so high. I just can't imagine anyone not rating this a 5 out of 5. Like if you didn't give this five stars, like you're just being a Scrooge. That's my thought. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you like really hate Spider-Man or something, but also like, why no are you watching way. this movie? Go There's no way. No way. 
Yeah. Don't go be a curmudgeon somewhere else. Um, the tomato meter is a 97. Hell yeah. And the audience score is a 94. Fabulous. Yeah. Amazing. Um, IMDb is an 8.4, which is really good. It's a little low in my opinion, but it's still really good. And then the Google users, they surprise me. I don't know how Google gets their numbers, but they said 83% of Google users like the movie. I don't know who's going on Google and saying they didn't like this movie, but I don't want to be friends with you if you did that. So, Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Just stay away from being friends with me <laughs> if you didn't like it. I'm good. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm glad you liked it, Liz, because we can stay friends I loved now. it. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if I came out and was like, I gave it two stars. Like, what the hell? Who yeah, does that? A moment for us. <laughs> it's okay. We've had to rethink some things. Kind of, probably. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be like really poor movie taste if I was like, I didn't like this. That would be really bad. <laughs> it would it's be okay. okay if you judged me for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think that's it. That's yeah, all I think it. that's it too. <laughs> that's a wrap on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And next week we're talking about a very new movie that I'm very excited to talk about, but it is Wonka. So it's the Willy Wonka origin story. It's kind of a musical. There's a lot of music in it, lots of singing and dancing. It's a musical. <laughs> but I'm very excited to talk about it. I think it's going to be really fun. And yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. Yep. Still in if you theaters. haven't seen it, you have one week to watch it because we're going to be talking week. about it next week. Mm-hmm. And be sure to subscribe and follow us wherever you get the podcast so that you don't miss it when it comes out. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Yes, you can. And that's it. And so we'll see y'all next Monday. <laughs> Bye, guys.